It is Thursday, October 27th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who'll always make room for a pins straight up to go with his spotted dick, J.P. Shedrick. And welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is week number eight. The Jaguars about to head over the pond to London to face the Denver Broncos at Wembley Stadium coming up Sunday and a busy two hours ahead. Analyst Jeff Lagerman coming up. The Broncos-Jaguars matchup. Both teams 2-5. and five. Both teams on a four-game losing skid. It's the Jaguars' ninth appearance in London. They're eighth at Wembley Stadium. We'll get to that. And then at 5 o'clock, we'll hear from the head coach, Doug Peterson, joining us to get his thoughts on the game coming up and what they're trying to clean up from last week's loss to the Giants. Earlier this week, Doug Peterson on going for it on fourth and one early in the fourth quarter last week. It's been a topic throughout. I took into consideration how we were moving the ball offensively, uh, quite frankly. Um, and and so, you know, felt good about going for it in that situation. Yard. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you got to go, you know, 18 inches or so, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you should you should pick those up. 98 to 100% of the time. Yeah, uh, you should. They didn't in that instance, unfortunately. And then the Giants drove for the game, uh, the go-ahead touchdown, at least, in that ball game last week. Now Jaguars cornerback Tyson Campbell discussing this defense. It was a rough day against the run for this group, but the defense as a whole continuing to grind to get it right. I wouldn't say uh, we're overpressing. I just think, like, you know, we just we just going hard, you know. And, uh, you know, sometimes that can, you know, uh, hurt you. But, um, you know, everybody, you know, trusts each other on the field and, uh, you know, willing to, you know, do whatever it takes to win. So, you know, we're just going to keep keep pushing, uh, keep working in practice, uh, keep learning from our mistakes, and, you know, eventually it'll, it'll work out for us. Let's go to the offensive line now and rookie center Luke Fortner entering week eight of his first NFL season and still trying to improve week to week. Uh, constantly improving and kind of learning what you don't know, if that makes sense. There's, there's so much that you don't know you don't know. And as the week's gone on, I've figured out things I need to be better at, things I need to work on and continue to prepare for. And uh, the vets in the room and, and the coaching staff have been incredible, helping me out and making sure I know uh, what to expect. There you have it, all the sound from earlier in the week available on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media as well. We'll hear more from head coach Doug Peterson coming up at 5 o'clock on the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars radio network. Jeff Lagerman here with us now. The big news this week, of course, though, Logs, is the trade of James Robinson to the New York Jets for a conditional six-round pick. Could be a fifth if he gets over 600 rushing yards. That's according to John Ozier on the Ozone Tuesday morning. So... On this Thursday, what does it mean for the offense going to London this week? Well, I don't think it changes a whole lot because I think the offense had already transitioned to ETN as their primary ball carrier just because he's been so much more explosive than James at the particular moment. And I don't know if James is completely healthy or not. And I know they talked earlier in the week about how he had some knee things going on. Soreness, he said. Yeah, yes. and the reality is that when you watched him at Indianapolis, you watched him against the Giants, I thought it was taking a step back. He didn't look as fast. He wasn't running on his toes. And uh, and that doesn't mean that at some point in the future that he wouldn't have been completely healthy and back to the James Robinson of old. 
but they felt, I guess, that this was the best for the team for this particular time. Uh, I think that that's an argument that you could have. You know, it, was it the right thing to do? I, I mean, I, for me, I, I probably would have liked to have keep, uh, kept him just because uh, he's been a really good back in the past, and I'd like to see him get back to that. But I also understand that sometimes it's best to move forward. And let's consider the, the rest of the running back room. So Michael Hasty is starting to get a little more play. He had that long touchdown run, of course, a couple of weeks ago. And well, Snoop Connor, the draft pick, has not been up yet this season. you got to see what he has to offer at some point, too. Yeah, at some point. And I, but I think the, the most important thing is, is that, first, first and foremost, love James. Great guy. Doesn't say a whole lot. Never had uh, anybody that I met that said a bad thing about James. He did a lot of really good things for this football team at a time which this team was not very good. And so that was all positive. And, look, I hope the fresh start is great for him. And consider what happened last year to him. I mean, they, they were giving him the, the runaround last year, right? You I calling mean, that the runaround? I'm going to be nice and call that, it the that runaround. Was, that was one of the worst ways that you could have treated yes. a human being the way James Robinson was treated last year. But, anyway. Yeah. You know, like I wish him the best going forward. You know, I had a chance to meet his mom too, and and they're good people. And you you wish nothing but the best for for all of them. And that also means now moving forward, Travis Etienne starting to get warm. It feels like three straight games with over a hundred scrimmage yards, and he had his first one hundred yard game last week. He did starting fumble. to get warm. Yeah, he fumbled inside the five. JP, That's the he one is warm. Last week, I think he's. Yeah, the the uh, the fire's hot. I think. And, and he's not perfect. I mean, he's still learning too. You know, the the long run that he had at Indianapolis. If if he attacks the defender, that becomes a home run. Did you hear me ask Fred Taylor? You you brought it up last week that you wanted me to ask Fred about it and on pregame. What did and Fred I, say? He said there's a there's so many different moves you can try there. You can try to slow down, hesitate. You can stiff arm him. You can do all that. stuff. You can't just outrun him, which is what and, James well, he could have. Maybe what Travis but. tried to do. Either and way. then this past week, you know, he wasn't perfect this past week against the Giants. He has an opportunity on third and one, you know, on the much talked about fourth and one quarterback sneak that didn't work. Well, on third and one, if Travis follows Cam Robinson to the outside, he's one on one to the end zone. And does he score? Maybe. But we're not talking, guarantee this, if he follows Cam JP, we're not talking about the fourth and one and that you don't make, and maybe you, do you take the field goal there to take the points to go up by seven, all of that conversation is dead. So there's still a lot of progress to be made with Travis Etienne. Uh, I like what Jermichael Hasty gives them. He's a guy that's given them a lot more speed, I think, than James has at this moment. And, uh, and then also, what will Snoop Connor do? I don't know the answer to that in preseason. Uh, the, uh, the amount of impressive plays that he had was somewhat limited, but – he was a young player in his first training camp ever. What will he become? We'll have to wait and see. Trevor Lawrence last week, um, what did you make of his game uh, against the Giants overall? I, well, first off, I thought he protected the ball well, uh, minus the interception there at the end, which was a very poor decision, which fortunately got called back because of a penalty against the Giants. <laughs> right. Because it was kind of a, a little bit of a panic throw. He's got pressure. He turns back to his left, and he just throws it without looking. And there's, there's not a Jaguar receiver anywhere in that area. And fortunately, it was overturned. But he was at 50% completion rate, which is not high enough in this offense. It needs to be pushing that 70% range. He misses an open 
Zay Jones on a stick route where he's standing still at about seven yards past the line of scrimmage. He misses Zay on the end zone. If he can drop that one in the bucket, that one's a touchdown. But you know the but he still makes impressive throws, JP. The one that he had to Christian Kirk, which is a little rub route with Zay Jones, he drops that one in the bucket beautifully. Late in the ball game, he makes the throw to Marvin Jones Jr. and he's got Dexter Lawrence, all 340 pounds, bearing down on him, and, and Trevor gets smoked. I mean, smoked, and he still makes the throw to Marvin. I mean, those are the things that you like to see and you want to continue to see. Now, the challenge this week for the Jaguars offense, this Denver Broncos defense, they're not very good on offense. We'll get to that coming up, but their defense can hang and certainly has throughout the season. Second in the league in total defense, first in yards per play allowed, the least in the NFL, 15th against the run, second against the pass, the most sacks in the AFC, 22 of those. They're number one in red zone, fifth and third down, third best scoring defense. I mean, these guys have stats on the defensive side of the ball. And that's what's keeping them at least somewhat close to winning some games. Well, they're they're good now. I mean, really good. And the, the, the two guys on the edge, which everybody knows about Bradley Chubb, he was there with Vaughn. He's uh, uh, a guy that's a, a force because he's got size and he's got pass rush ability. But the guy that really – that most people probably know nothing about is the one on the other side, which is 56, which uh, Baron Browning in his second year out of Ohio State, this guy can play. Yeah, he had a hip injury last week, though. We'll see if he's Well, I mean, let's see. But, I mean, if he's playing, this guy is legitimate, just as good as 55 on the other side. So that's uh, it's going to be a tough challenge for the Jaguars offensively. But uh, – I like the way that this offense is trending, this Jaguars offense. I don't like some of the, the the game, obviously, against the Texans, but the two games since, I like it. And there's still plays that are out there that, are, that they're not making. So if they just keep working and start making some of those plays that were there for the taking but they didn't get, particularly against the Giants, this is going to be a one heck of a matchup. Secondary is pretty strong, too. Patrick Sertan is a second-year player. and Former first-round pick, stud. Good player. Yeah, stud. Yeah, he's a stud. So, uh, yeah, this Denver Broncos team has got a better record than what most people would expect because of some of the disarray that they've had on offense and with coaching. Uh, yeah, it's a, and look, Nathaniel Hackett is a guy that we know. Very well. Nathaniel Hackett was here as the offensive coordinator and eventually got relieved of his duties, gets the head job in Denver, and Russell Wilson, clock management, game management have all been in question. But make no mistake about it, uh, this football team, they've got some really strong pauses, like you pointed out, that defense is really good. Really good. Uh, some remnants of the old days there and some new guys coming in. And it ain't the orange crush, <laughs> but it's but it's pretty good. Pretty good. It's good enough to be ranked where they are uh, in the National Football League. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We've got to flip it around to this Broncos offense that, boy, they've had some questions this year. Who's playing at quarterback? Russell Wilson's dinged up. Brett Rippon got last week's start. They're both in London. We'll see what happens there. A lot to discuss there. The Jaguars' defense has to get off the mat after giving it up late in the fourth quarter last week against the Giants. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jaguars, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com. 
We're on 1010XL and 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media as well, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for joining us today. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vice Star Credit Union. Do good, bank better. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. The Jags about to head to London to face the Denver Broncos at Wembley. Coming up, it's a 9.30 Eastern time kickoff. We'll go on the air with the Publix Tailgate Show at 6.30 a.m. Eastern. Brian Sexton and Mike Dempsey will have the reins here in Jacksonville of that. And then uh, countdown to kickoff on the network at 8.30 Eastern time. We'll uh, hear from Jaguars owner Shad Khan. We'll uh, catch up with him Saturday in London mm-hmm. um, and all that coming up. Who's uh, doing that interview? Uh, I am. Oh. Yes. Uh, Henry Hodgson, who's the general manager of NFL UK. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Jaguars and what they mean to the international series moving ahead. It's his first year in that role. He got that job this summer. He's been with the NFL since, gosh, 2007 in a few different roles and Started out in the World League of American Football as a PR assistant. We'll hear from him on Sunday. So a lot coming up on the pregame coming up this week. Looking forward to that. Uh, Haven't been there in a while. It's been 2019 was the last visit to Wembley. Right. Had had the COVID year. And then last year, the broadcast team, we did not travel. We actually called it from the the booth right here in the stadium at home. Yep. Which turned out to be just fine. And this year, getting the opportunity to go back. And I think the... Uh, as we leave tonight, tomorrow, when we land, the travel arrangements are a little bit different. The accommodations are a little bit different than what we've done in the past. So looking, well, kind of different, but then also similar, I guess you could say, right? I mean, because we're, you are, you're like big time. You're, you're staying down in London. <laughs> I don't know about that. He's rubbing elbows with all the, the big timers, like you just talked about who you're interviewing. You know, you're going to be having drinks with Shad and the guy that's the head of the NFL over in Europe. At and noon? I don't think so. But well, eh, maybe. Well, what's, <laughs> why not? <laughs> what's the interviews over? And, uh, and then I'll be staying with the team. And I think it's at a place that we stayed at before. The Grove. It's yeah, the out, Grove. Uh, that's right. That was, gosh, what year was that that we stayed at the Grove? It was a couple years in, I think. 14 or 15, I yeah, think. Yeah, 14, 15, it's, something like that. It's but, a fantastic resort northwest of London near the town of Watford. And the actual old building used to be Queen Victoria's winter home. Way back in the old yeah, days. Yeah, it's a pretty nice setup. Got uh, got nice area where you can practice and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, looking forward to that. Because I think when, when the team stayed at the Grove, when we were out there, we stayed somewhere else. Yeah. The there Friendly was a, House. Yeah, well, that was, a, that was the first year. That was a totally different side of town. It wasn't the Grove. That was, okay. else, that was, a, totally, that was a long time ago. All that right, was 2013. I, yeah. That was Penny, anyway. Hill, Penny Hill Park. That was west of London. And that's then, what it was. That's what that was. That's what it was. Long time ago now. This is the ninth trip for the Jaguars to the U.K., and there will be more. Uh, it'll be, uh, so if it was nine missing two, so it'll be my seventh, right? Or that was, yeah, that's right. this will be number nine, this will be number seven. Yeah. For me. Correct. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I've, you forward. know, I've still been trying to find a fishing or a hunt spot out there in London. You know, I haven't found it well, yet. Well, in London might be tough. Outside of London... <laughs> You, you might be in luck. Hunting but I, for, but hunting I can for tell you this. Grouse or something. I have found a lot of really good pubs, JP. I have also. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are many. You're like a total pub guy. What is that supposed to mean? Um, you're like a bar fly when we go over there. That's a little aggressive. Uh, that's not aggressive. That's factual. Ding, ding. I hit that one dead on the spot. Well, they have Wi-Fi. I can get work done. They have food. And I can eat. And... 
<laughs> a pint or two on top of that. Like if if I'm not done with work. <laughs> What's wrong with that? N- nothing. I'm, what are you trying to look, say? Barfly's not a bad term, JP. I think you meant it as a no, bad term. No, I just meant it as a factual term. Are you or are you not in the pubs often when we go to London? Well, I mean, half the events that no, we no, have no, to no, do no. are that's, at pubs. That's a yes or well, no you answer. Say. Okay, that's, no, I'm not. No. That's a lie. I deny. That is such a lie. I deny. That is a lie. There will no be no international incidents. That is a lie. You spend your, your food allowance in like the first three pubs that's a lie that is true that is all right leave it to the nfl uk jaguar staff to put things at pubs what do you want if we had the ability to turn the camera around and to get a second opinion in here okay my man joe fortunato is behind the camera he's over there he's not down so joe is am i accurate yes or no oh gosh here we go what Yes, Joe. Oh, no, we do he, have the ability to turn the cameras around. That's great. Thanks, Reed. Um, Into the microphone, no, Joe. No, it, um, it is not his first three pubs where all his money goes. Okay. It's probably the first two pubs two. Okay. Where, where all his money goes. <laughs> That's what it is. Hey, um, but I'm did, excited did to get back. Did you know more about Amy Winehouse before or after? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's part of it, man. Um, we're excited, though, to get back. I mean, so there's no, a lot no, of- real quick, yeah. typically when we go there, there is uh, some kind of event that, that we like to go to or a concert or a sporting event, so, somehow to experience London, right? Yes. Or do we have anything planned? Yes. What do we got planned? Uh, there is a Fulham game at home at Craven Cottage in the afternoon, I believe 4.30 London time against Everton. On what day? Saturday. Saturday. And then Fulham is now in the top ten in the Premier League. They're okay, so, well. so are you uh, are you in charge of tickets? You're the man to talk no, to about tickets? I am not. Who is? Uh, there's someone else in the building that can tell you off the air. Are, are we going to ta- be taken care of? Did you ask for them? Well, not yet. But well, I f- you know the plane takes off in like three hours. I know, but I figured that you had us taken care of. You know there's only 20,000 seats in this place. Like, it's a small place. Well, that's okay. I figured that you had us a, a, a seat. Well, you didn't I mean, ask me. I mean, you're, like, you've made more friends over there in these pubs in, in a short period of time. I figured oh. you had it taken care of. The bar flies, as you call them, may not have the access to the <laughs> tickets. So maybe you're asking the wrong guy. Well, uh, well if not, then uh, then I'll have to go ask somebody else. Yeah, so that's uh, Saturday afternoon. It's also the same time as the Jaguars UK pub party, which is Ooh. near Trafalgar Square. That's always fun. Ooh. And, so and that's uh, when? Uh, Saturday afternoon, same time, okay. into the evening. So and you got to make a choice, either go to that or go to the Fulham game? I think the pub party will last a while. So yeah, if you, you hit the soccer game first, you can go to the pub party next. Okay, cool. So I'm doing yes. – Yes, Joe. Yes. Hi, Joe. Hi, JP. <laughs> I got something else for you, too. What do you got? Oh, we God. cheat time twice. Yeah. We did that once before. We, they turn the clocks back okay. Saturday, and then we come home, and they turn the clocks back Saturday again. Yeah. We got two free hours. Two fallbacks. Really? Yeah. UK falls back Saturday night going into Sunday I, this week. I think week. that happened in 2016. Yeah. And then, and then we fall back the week after. I'm here. so confused. Yeah. Just 
Just sleep in. Just pay attention Just to my sleep. phone and it tells me what time it you is. You get an extra hour. Okay. It's That's the whole point. Uh, looking for, uh, looking but forward. I recommend if you're over there, if you're down in town, Logs, hit that pub party. Freddie T's going to be there. Tony's oh, going to yeah. be there. Like, it's hundreds of Jaguar fans from the U.K. and Europe. I mean, it's, oh, it's, it's more a blast. Than, I mean, I've been to those before. It's, it's so more than fun. hundreds. It's it's a lot. Really cool. Yeah, it's cool. So, I, they, they watch these shows all the time on, on social media, our Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube channels. Yeah, you sign more you. autographs over there than, I mean, you're like a celeb over there. It's pretty cool. I signed it's at cool Jeff Lagerman somehow. I don't know why, but bar, they, yeah, you know, I mean, every bar you go to, it's like everybody's like, it's like when Cheers, you know, they Norm would walk in, Norm. <laughs> I was like, JP. Yeah, I've been it's accused. Crazy. I've been accused of worse things, I suppose. Uh, let's get back to football now, shall we? And, well, I guess we'll call it football. It's been a struggle for the Broncos offense. They cannot get much of anything done. They gave a lot of money to Russell Wilson before this season and Nathaniel Hackett, of course, first-year head coach, trying to work this thing out offensively. He now has a shoulder issue and a hamstring issue. Wilson didn't play last week. Brett Rippon made the start in his place. It didn't go well then either. And this offense is as good as the defense is statistically. They're about as bad on offense the other way around. 23rd in total offense, 31st on third down. They're last in the league in the red zone and the lowest points per game average in the league, just over 14 in each game. With all that going on at the quarterback position this offseason and everything that happened there, they can't get anything jump-started on offense. No, and there's there's not really been any consistency with that offense, which you know, when you typically have an offensive-minded head coach, most of the time you would expect that side of the ball to to be a little bit more advanced, especially with a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson, but that hasn't been the case. There has been a lot of criticism for Russell Wilson. Uh, his performance, if you actually go back and you look at his performance the last couple of years in Seattle and then also this year with Denver, it continues to go down. And that's not a trend if you're a franchise that you want to have with your quote-unquote franchise quarterback because the reality is is that you just gave him an extension with all this new money which says he is your franchise quarterback and, and if he's not playing like that then that can become a significant problem now is it health related uh, I haven't seen prior to this past week where he was inactive I have not seen anything on the injury report that would say that hey look the reason for his performance is physical so this is going to be something interesting to watch as the season moves forward for the Denver Broncos. You hope that the performance doesn't bounce back. Uh, the, when I'm talking about the performance of the Broncos' offense as a team doesn't bounce back this week in London, I can tell you that. You know, the, the Jaguars' defense right now, though, has been struggling. That's a major concern. Yeah, last couple of weeks, uh, shaky can't find their sea legs, can't stop the run last week when it mattered in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were, what? <laughs> Dan Orlovsky put up a, a video on Twitter today, the analyst for ESPN, mm -hmm. where he went through the film, and it was he showed eight straight plays on that four-minute drive where they pulled the left guard and ran power to the right. One of those, they play faked and did the bootleg, but mm -hmm. it was the same exact run, formation, every mm -hmm. single down on that drive, and they got into field goal range. Did he explain why when you pull that guy out to the front side there becomes a problem? Why okay. is that? When you pull somebody over to that front side, you're, you're essentially adding more gaps now because you now have another blocker on that side. 
and you can consistently see that the Jaguars aren't finding a guy to take the gap. Okay, somebody gets out of a gap. This is, you know, defense in the National Football League is about gap integrity. So when you bring that guard over to that side, now you have to be able to adjust and fill for a new gap that's become that number in goes place over, over there. there. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And the Jaguars defensively did not do a good job with that. They did not do a good job containing Daniel Jones. Nope. You know, you go back to that game against the Giants because this is a copycat league. You've you've heard me say that many times before. You've heard other people say that many times before. What the Giants did was they took what worked against the Philadelphia Eagles as far as what the Eagles did against the Jaguars defensively and what worked, which was a lot of the read option stuff. Again, the Eagles were able to rush the ball for over 200 yards. Well, then they also took what was successful against the Jaguars defense from the Indianapolis Colts perspective, which was throwing the ball and also having tempo. So they blended, Brian Dayball blended the two almost. He's running read option, allowing the quarterback to run, but then he's also running up-tempo with a mobile quarterback. Put all that together, and it made it a tough day for the Jaguars defensively. Now, for the most part, look, they were doing a great job against Saquon Barkley. But once it got to a four-minute drill for the Giants where they just needed to eat up the clock and maybe put one more score on the board, they were able to do that without any type of interference from the Jaguars defensively. They marched down the field methodically, and that's, that's like a perfect world for a four-minute drill offensively. And that was disappointing. So the Jaguars' defense has to get better at key moments. Somebody's got to make a play. But most importantly, J.P., the entire team, and the defense in particular, needs to stop having critical mistakes. Yeah, all over the place. 13 penalties, I mean, in bad moments, roughing the passer. Three consecutive away. games with oh, roughing the passer. And man. then, you know, this past game, when Lucan blitzes up the middle, he launches – Okay, he leaves his feet and launches towards the head and neck area of the quarterback. And then when, he's, when he gets there, he ducks his head and hits Daniel Jones right in the face mask with the crown of his helmet. That's like a double no. You can't launch. Yeah. Okay, You right. can't launch to the head and neck area. And then you can't lower your helmet to hit somebody with the crown of the helmet. So that was like... A double mistake, and on top of that, I would say a triple mistake because your defense had that happen in the previous two games. Yeah, and they got an interception on the play, too. And 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 here's the thing. Look, the Giants didn't score on that drive. Okay, so people say, well, okay, that didn't matter. It does. It matters from a momentum Mm -hmm. standpoint because when you get a takeaway, the energy rises with your football team. It rises with your fan base. It rises in the stadium. And then when it gets negated, it's like (sighs) the air gets taken out. And that's the part that you just can't have continue to happen. All right, plenty more ahead on this Jaguars defense. We'll um, see if they figured out the crossing routes as well. We'll get into that. And uh, that was from a couple weeks ago. A little bit of that crept up against the Giants last week too still. Uh, Injury report, we'll take a look at a few guys that were on the list at least last week and see if they're going to get back into action. And, of course, at 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach before the Jags head over to London to face the Broncos. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
Dempsey and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour, and it's Thursday. The Jaguars are headed to London to face the Denver Broncos, a battle of two and five teams at Wembley Stadium under the arch. It should be 68 degrees, maybe some rain, lows in the mid-50s. Welcome to England. That's what it's going to be. That's the forecast it seems to be like every day, right? Chance of rain, gray, overcast, cool. Sounds like Big Ten weather is what it sounds like to me. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. But I'm – I think it's going to be exciting once again to be back at Wembley because uh, took a little break from it, right? Yeah, it's been a few years, and and you know the the broadcast positions there are kind of out in the open near the stands. They're in the covered. stands. There's a roof over the stands, <laughs> which is nice. So the field is open, and I uh, look forward to being back there, England's it's national a, stadium. It's a great venue. I mean, great venue. And you want to talk about packing a lot of people in there? Yeah. Oh. I think it's officially like 86 or something for American football. It can be 90 for soccer. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's big. May, arguably the most impressive thing is that where do they come from? And then where do they go? Oh, the people? Yes. Yeah, they all appear on trains out of the nowhere. The tube, right? I guess, That's it. right? Yeah, there's is that like, what they call it, the tube? There's three train lines that go in there. One is the overground, one's the international, <laughs> or the uh, the national rail, and then the tube, the underground, is the other station. It's pretty wild it's right because there. there's uh, no car parking. Really, for for a few different years, we would stay literally in the hotel, and I think it was a Hilton that was yep. attached almost to Wembley. Right there. I mean, it wasn't physically attached, but but literally when I when I would be riding the the elliptical runner or something like that, it was a baseball throw to hit the stadium wall. Right across the two-lane street right there, yep. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, Broncos are staying there all week, by the way. They, they got over earlier in the week. And uh, and all of a sudden on game day, you start to see people trickle in, and, and then they had this main thoroughfare, which is a foot traffic thoroughfare, which approaches the stadium from the train area, and we, we got a chance to go walk through that in the days when they set it up beforehand. Mm-hmm. And on game day, all of a sudden, it just turns into this. It's like an ant colony. It's like they just people everywhere, and they go back and forth. They come from the trains, and then after the game, they go back that way. And then within a matter of an hour and a half after the game, they're gone. You wouldn't think there was a game there at all. They're, they're gone. All right. You're like, where'd they go? All right. It's like <laughs> clockwork, man. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's a it's a cool experience, and I think the coolest thing when you go over there is the number of jerseys from different teams that will be at this game because these people just love football, and they have a lot of different favorites. And maybe somebody went to the 07 Giants-Broncos – or, excuse me, Giants-Dolphins game and got a Dolphins hat, and then three years later went to a Niners game and got a Niners shirt. And they're wearing it all. At the same time. (laughs) You know, they can wear a Jets and Patriots and not realize they're in the same division sometimes. Yeah, it's that's uh, okay. It's but pretty neat. But the one thing a lot I, of Jaguar things, the, too. That's the, the one thing I would say is that through the years, it's it's been impressive because the first year when we went over there, you virtually saw nothing Jaguars. And then, okay, and then you started to see a little bit here and there. And then you started to see a little bit more. Now the predominant jersey that you see on a Jaguar game day is a Jaguars jersey or a Jaguar apparel where you go back to the first year, you couldn't even barely find one. And so it has definitely grown over there. 
and I know that economically London is great for the football team. It uh, it does very well over in London, and uh, and that's a good thing because the better you do in London, the 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 more economically feasible things stay in Jacksonville. And the Jaguars have more of a stake in this game now. The league puts on the two games at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They they went in on that stadium with that football club. The Jaguars signed their own deal with Wembley. So they're putting the game on. They're putting everything on. It is a true home game for the Jaguars, uh, and that's financially as well uh, coming back. Time now logs for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's touch on a couple of guys that missed last week's game. Jamal Agnew, wide receiver and kick returner, had a knee issue. He said last week in the locker room that, yeah, it's kind of a one week. We'll see how it goes. He didn't. He's positive, at least last week, that he might be able to get back and get ready for this one. We'll see, though. And what what differences did you see in the kick and punt return game, if well, any? First and foremost, let me just kind of preface it by saying that Jamal Agnew really hasn't had that moment as a returner yet this year. Right. He's had moments as an offensive player that you went, wow, that was impressive. But the one thing that you miss is the consistency – and also the security. When I say consistency and security, consistency in that Jamal Agnew, if it's if there's 25 yards to be made on a return, a kick return, he's going to give you 25 yards. I don't know if you're going to necessarily get that from a Jamichael Hasty, you know, guaranteed, you know. And the experience and the trust factor with Jamal Agnew, it, you can't replace that. The guy catches the ball, he secures the ball, he's been safe with the football. Those things are nice to have. Coaches sleep well at night when they have a player with that kind of pedigree that Jamal Agnew has because they know that they can trust them. Now, going forward, uh, I hope he's available to play. You know, we'll see. But then Shaq Griffin, who also didn't play last week. Will he play this week? I hope. You know, because a healthy Shaq and a Shaq that plays well is good for this defense. When you have Chris Herndon out there, which I like Chris as Trey a player. Herndon. Excuse me, Trey. Mm-hmm. When you have Trey Herndon out there as a player, I like Trey. But Trey has some shortcomings. If you go back all the way to when Todd Walsh was coaching Trey Herndon and Chris Claybrooks, he would have a rotation. And it was very odd. When they were playing zone, they would have Trey Herndon out there. When they were playing man, they would – try to have Chris Claybrooks out there and try to hide a little bit of that just because you didn't want offenses knowing what coverage you were in based on your personnel. But that's what they tried to do because, as we saw this past week, Trey got beat over the top with a, with a deep ball, and that's not his strong suit. So, you know, hopefully Shaq is back and uh, he's healthy and he's playing well because the last time he played, he didn't have a great outing at Indianapolis. Long plane ride, too. I mean, back issue, and if that's the case, you got to make sure that thing's loose when you get on the ground tomorrow. Well, the plane ride, I think, presents challenges for, for all players, players that might just have little normal bumps and bruises just because of the inflammation. You need to get up and you need to move around, but also you're trying to get a night's rest or sleep on a plane to, like you're trying to do tonight. And that's not the best night's sleep, JP. Um, right. I don't know about you, but I don't sleep on a plane particularly well. I need some assistance. 
Uh, <laughs> we will leave it that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you try you try to get good sleep, but it's hard sometimes on a plane. Your uh, your normal schedule is interrupted a little bit, so you try to adjust. You know, you try to catch up and maybe catch a nap when you get to London. And uh, but they've done they've done it different ways. This has been the the most successful way, and so this team is doing it that way. Denver left earlier in the week. I like that because my experience is is that when a team leaves earlier in the week, they get in the mindset that this is a vacation, much like you've heard me talk about on a West Coast trip. When you leave on a Friday, now you've got downtime, and it feels like, okay, we're on vacation. You're trying to find something to do. Well, when you go to London on a Tuesday, now you're trying to figure out, hey, what are we going to do on Tuesday night? What are we doing on Wednesday night? Hey, let's do this. Let's go see this while we're there. When you travel like the Jaguars do, us leaving tonight, it's a business trip. And that's, I think, the best way to keep it. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Our final thoughts coming up, and then at 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach coming up. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour, and the Jaguars are facing the Denver Broncos. It's week eight at Wembley Stadium, London. It's a 1.30 London time kickoff, 9.30 a.m. Sunday, total leather. Actually, 9.30 and 30 seconds officially total leather time. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning. I, I like the idea of watching the NFL football while eating breakfast. That's, uh, that's a cool thing. You kind of get up and make waffles and omelets and bacon and have coffee and or, or big spread. How about this? You could get a yeah a big English breakfast before you head to the stadium on Sunday. Beans and toast and eggs on toast and uh, sausage yeah. and uh, brown sauce, scones. I, I got to say, I am, we, we got it made in America now when it comes from a food standpoint. And I know you're a pub guy. I wouldn't recommend the scrambled eggs over there, though. That's not That's good. My point bad business. is yeah. that Oof. our food – that we have in the in the states, and, and this is just my opinion. So all the the UK Jag fans don't get upset. They're gonna tweet you. I know. I think we have some of the best food that there is, and uh, the one benefit when you travel with the team JP and you stay with the team at the hotel is that you get to eat their food a lot of times. Like I know you're in London, rubbing elbows with uh, with all the celebs and such. Yeah, there will be no caviar. Okay, and you're eating caviar no, and, and and snails and all that. That's escargot. Yeah, that's exactly. French. That's snails. the other country. That's a two-hour trip. Yeah, but it, it, that's where you go. That's the people you, you know, and then you have champagne and all that kind of stuff, okay, and I like the fact that they can eat with the team and, and they bring, like, their own chef's food over there. So they're eating their stuff, more normal food, normal for us. I like that. I like American food. I do. And I'm sorry, but 
There's been a couple places that we've been to in in London, Joe. Right, that's been well, pretty good. Remember the first year, okay, uh, at the place near um, uh, the hotel that we stayed at. It was yeah. the Windmill Pub, and they had beef rib. They had pie. beef rib. It was like a beef rib in a in a in a bowl yeah. that had the little breading over the top, and yeah. it was it was fantastic. And who found that place? Me. No, no, that was me. What are you talking about? I ordered it first, and then everybody ordered it, and they were out of them two days later. Like we're there all week. I'm like, I, I shouldn't have told anybody. Uh, who, beef rib who, pie. who? No, you didn't do anything. Thank you very much, JP. I was a, one of the first ones. To, I was the first you were one. One to go of there. the first ones because I, I was the first. I was the first one to go there, and then you, and then all of a sudden it was like the next night. It was packed with yeah, Jaguars. Funny staff. how that works. Way to go, Logs. It was. It was ruined. It. It was my discovery. We haven't been back though because we changed hotels. After. That was good. Yeah. That was really good. But I will say. That uh, it's a lot easier to find really good food here, just because we kind of know what to look for. You know, I remember the, my first trip overseas, JP, years ago. Just to give you a quick story and to not bore you, years ago I went over to Germany and NFL Europe. Yes, and was doing games over there for Fox. Go over there, and, and it was in uh, Berlin, and uh, wow, it was weird, weird city okay at that time because you know you the wall was down but you still had kind of this separation of the city and one side of it was still the old school communist kind of feel and then the other side was you thought you were in america the west yeah sure it was the western Mm -hmm. side the people on the side we were staying at which was on the old communist side would walk down the streets with their head down and they're wearing grays and dark colors and wouldn't even make eye contact with you on the West. It was like, hey, you know, it was, it was cool. But I'll never forget the first time I went to a restaurant in Berlin, and it was on that old part of the city, the communist side, and I ordered something, and it sounded it sounded like it was going to be like an open-faced burger with, a, with an egg on top. And I'm thinking, man, that's good. Fried egg hamburger, right? Comes out. And the meat is raw. The egg is raw. I'm going, the heck is this? You wanted protein. You got it. I was like, somebody actually eats this stuff over here? Are you kidding me? Mm. Anyway, I was like, um, uh, can somebody guide me to a place where I can get some American food? There's a McDonald's down the road, sir. It's very different. By the way, they have them over there, too. They do. Uh, fish and chips, though. Got to be careful, JP. Just a little warning. Okay, they can make you gassy. So just be careful of the fish and chips. Okay, Logs. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Appreciate it. Just a that. little warning. <laughs> hey, uh, back- I don't know why it is, but uh, yeah. Another football thought here on uh, the Jaguars' defense. Certainly two weeks ago, and I'm curious how they improved, if at all, in this last week against the crossing routes. They gave them up against Indy all game long to Matt Ryan, who has since been benched in Indy, by the way. That's another side story. Oof. How did they do last week in that regard, or was it much of an issue against the Giants? It wasn't much of an issue. Uh, the passing game really wasn't a big issue against the Giants. It was the legs of Daniel Jones and then the four-minute drill, Barkley kind of getting rolling and eventually getting over 100 yards there at the end. So how do you know if it's fixed? Well, you're going to get tested. Here's what happened against the Colts. 
you didn't you didn't match up very well. When I say match up, you weren't getting up in the face of the receivers against a team that you can do that against because you you shouldn't have been scared of their speed or their athleticism or any of that. And you didn't do that. And then you were playing some combo coverage where you're playing a zone on one side, a man on the other side. And if you're going to do that, then you've got to be really, what I say, sound on your fundamentals and on the understanding of if something happens to where your zone now, one guy leaves the man cover or the zone side and goes over to the other side because it's man. Hey, there's not anybody over there waiting for him. You have to go. You so your zone kind of becomes man. You got to go, right? Go quick. Go run. And there was a little bit of confusion in that. So I didn't see the Jaguars play a lot of that combo zone man coverage this past week against the Giants. And so will they try to do that against the Broncos? Probably not what you want to try to do against a Broncos offense that's struggling a little bit. You probably want to, as Doug talked about earlier in the week, he talked about the way we need to look at, take a real strong look at what we're doing defensively sometimes as an offense. When we're not having great success, we try to simplify things. Could the Jaguars' defense simplify this week against the Broncos in uh, expecting a different result? Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. So it's week eight. The Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars, both teams two and five, both teams on four-game losing skids. The Jaguars were two and one to open the season. They are not now after this four-game skid. It's the Jaguars' ninth visit to London all time. It's the second ever for the Denver Broncos. They last came in 2010. It's been a while. And, hey, it's a matchup of teams that are really trying to figure this thing out. We mentioned the, the Broncos' defense, strong, highly rated across the board. The Denver offense, not so much. The Jaguars move the ball well on offense. Can't finish in the red zone, at least most times they haven't this year. Uh, and the defense has had some issues the last two weeks through the past two weeks ago on the ground last week. What are you feeling about this game Sunday at Wembley? Uh, well, I'm feeling this, and that because uh, this is our, our last segment in this hour, this correct? Okay, yeah. I'm excited because you're calling the game for Westwood One. I am. The play-by-play guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. J.P. Shadrick, and you're working with Mike Mayock, That's who right. is one of my heroes. So congratulations to you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to thank Bryce Harper for the two-run homer and the last of the eighth inning in game number five of the NLCS because that sent the Phillies to the World Series. And, uh, you know, um, Tom McCarthy, who was scheduled to call the game on Westwood One, is the Phillies radio announcer, one of them. So he's staying back to do the World Series. So it opened up an opportunity. It worked out. And, and thanks a lot to the Jaguars brass, uh, Chad Johnson, Patrick Cavanaugh, the whole crew, everybody here for – uh, you know, opening it up, giving the green light to do yeah, it. I'll still awesome. have some pregame duties for Jaguars radio on Sunday, but then uh, once that final hour hits, I'll be over at Westwood. Well, so. and, I, and I know you're – look, this ain't your first rodeo. Okay, <laughs> It's your first Jaguars game, though, that you get to be a play-by-play guy. Oh, uh, huh? not at all. Remember? Oh, that's right. You had to sub. I've done two. Yeah, I did 2017 that's in right. the last week of the season – at Tennessee, mm-hmm. and Frank was sick. Frank was sick, yeah. And so I came in for a quarter and a half, and Yannick Ngakwe had a fumble return touchdown. Yeah. The Jags lost that game. Well, they lose many games in Nashville, but they lost that one. And then uh, in 2019, I sat in on Talk Sport Radio in the U.K., and I did the fourth quarter play-by-play of that That's game. That's right. And the Jaguars turned it over their last four possessions oh, in a boy. row. So you game. were bad luck. Woof. All right, JP, if, if the turnovers start, 
flowing freely, <laughs> just I'm going to turn around and look at you and go, what the heck, JP? It's all your fault. Get out of here. But now have a great broadcast. I'm fired up, man. Thank you very much. Mike Mayock is, is going to be a great guy to work with. He is. Uh, he does his homework. He's a hardworking guy, and you'll, you guys will do a great job. Yeah, excited but for that. But don't listen to them, <laughs> JP. Okay, listen to me and Frank and Baselli on the reg- regular Jaguars broadcast. If you want to listen, there are many ways to listen to Westwood, but uh, we'll, we'll leave that well, to you. Know, Westwood One's website. Okay, yeah, westwoodonesports.com. Yeah, yeah. uh, you can listen on Alexa. Just say, listen to Westwood One, and they'll pull that up. Sirius, X, Sirius, XM, X, uh, NF, Sirius XM NFL Radio also. There's a few different ways. Affiliates all over the country. Yeah, it's cool. Good. Very cool. Be nice. Thank yeah. you, Lux. Appreciate yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing. I'm, I'm going to try to get a recording of it. So maybe it'll go to podcast. Do they podcast games? No. They put up highlights. They uh, don't do the whole game. Well, I know how to get a copy of it. I, I, am, I also do, and I'll make sure you have it. Thank you. Thank you. Because uh, in, in, the, in the boss man at Westwood One, mm-hmm. okay, what's his name? Howie Dinneroff. Okay, Howie's awesome. Yes. And uh, Howie's a good dude. I got a chance to talk with him at length in Canton. And uh, I know that he's a big fan of yours, so cool stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah, excited. Uh, and excited for all the events this weekend. We're excited to get to the United Kingdom uh, tomorrow morning. Okay, now, JP, just real quick. <laughs> real quick. Okay. okay. You're giving you, me a lot of advice today. You have uh, significant game day responsibilities I now. I am aware. Thank okay, you. With our broadcast. That I don't anyway. And also, no, and now this added one with Westwood One. Okay, so you're going to need to be on your game which means you can't be Barfly 2.0. Oh, I know this. Unsweet nice tea in bed by 9 p.m. for me. Okay. All weekend. You know okay. me. Okay. That's right. Just, just, you know. Okay. And, and just remember. What else you, do you want? When you're eating that pudding, yes. not too much of it. Okay. Thanks for the tip. I appreciate that. And I'm not going to say what the name of yeah, it is. Uh, somebody else Like some other people. You know. We're good on that, I think. <laughs> uh, what do you want to hear from the head coach coming up? Uh, I want to hear about how you can get a team turned around and stop making some mistakes that hurt your, your production. And that's, that's got to be mission control number one for this football team this week is to continue to try to fix the fixable, which are the self-inflicted wounds. Penalties, turnovers, red zone issues. Been pretty good as far as protecting the ball. But defensively, they've got to get back to, to getting the ball back from the opponent to help their offense out, and it's a big momentum thing. All right, the Jaguars and the Denver Broncos coming up Sunday at Wembley Stadium. If you're going, we'll look forward to seeing you in a few days in London. If not, listen on Jaguars Radio coming up this Sunday morning. Coming up next, it's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on Jaguars Radio.